Well, a couple of weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago, actually, um, we started a new series here. We're going to finish it up today, just a little four-week series. But it's been on one of those, uh, I think, really important topics that can also be challenging for us, the topic of evangelism. I, I think for most of us, if we're Christians, and if you're not, we're glad you're here and you can explore this. But please know that when we think that this is something that we're supposed to do, right, that God calls us to tell others about Jesus, and we genuinely want people to experience God's amazing grace, but we really also struggle with how, all right? How to share that with people, how to be respectful of people, how to honor people as we share with them what's really important to us. And so if you're not a Christian and you say, well, I've had Christians really push me too hard on stuff, we're trying to learn, okay? We're trying to learn, and and that's what this series is all about, is saying, all right, how do we help people come to know Jesus Christ? How can we do that in a way that that is kind of true to who we are, but also true to God's call in our lives. And so what we did is we said that there were four activities. There were four activities. Daniel started us off with the first one, and he said, first thing we've got to do is we've got to pray. Because the fact is you can't change anybody's heart. Only God can change somebody's heart, and only God can open up doors. And so Daniel challenged us to find three people and to pray for them for 30 days, to, to mention them by name. And I, and I just think about that. One of the people that I've been praying for is a really, really strongly committed atheist. And, and I just think about it, and I think, God, I can't do, there, there is no way I'll ever be able to convince this person. And, and, and I think, you know, that's why we've got to pray, because I can't. I can't. But God can work in his heart. God can do that. And we said that the second thing we've got to do is we've got to live a weird and wonderful life, right? We've got to be different than the world around us. We've got to live out our Christian faith. Even before we speak about Jesus, people should see that there's something different about us in the way that we have hope, in the way that we love, in the way that we care for others. And then last week we talked about how that involves showing hospitality, Opening up our arms, opening up our hearts, opening up our groups, opening up our mouths and saying hello. Showing hospitality to people. We live in a lonely world. And just creating a space for someone to feel like they can belong can be a powerful act of love and open up a door to share the gospel, all right? So today, we want to talk about kind of the end of this. And in my view, it's probably the most scary thing. I'm okay with, with praying. I'm okay with we're trying to live a Christian life. I'm okay with showing some hospitality. But what if they actually, I mean, let's imagine those three things work, all right? You got somebody you're praying for, and that person comes over, and you're having them over, and then they say, you know what? I think this Christianity is really something. Can you tell me about it? How do I become a Christian? What does it mean? What do you say at that moment? Being prepared to speak is what we want to talk about today, is if it actually happens. And again, I think if we're honest, most of us as Christians say, God, please give me that opportunity. Let me share the good news of Jesus Christ with this person. But we're really scared to death that that person might actually say, can you tell me about Jesus? Because what you want to say is, well, can you call Daniel? Because he can. And so here's my pastor's number. Call Daniel, call Ron, do something like that. And, 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 and one of my desires is for all of us here, Daniel's desire as well, that every one of us can share the gospel in 60 seconds or in 90 seconds, okay? So that's what we're going to talk about. Peter calls us to this. First Peter 3, starting at verse 15. Peter says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And this is, in my view, he's calling us to live that weird and wonderful life. What he's saying is, okay, in your hearts, where, where your life resides, recognize that Caesar is not Lord, that power is not most important, that prestige is not most important, that possessions is not, but recognize Jesus is Lord, okay? In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, and then this command, and, and this is the one that we're going to deal with this morning, always be prepared to give an answer. 
always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And again, I think what we see here is a biblical model evangelism, one of them. But what we have is, is that we live in such a way that we show love to others, we show grace to others, and then somebody asks us a question. And my question for us this morning is, are we prepared to give an answer? If right now somebody came to you and said, what does it mean to be a Christian? Tell me about your faith in Christ. Do you know what to say? Would you be able to knock the ball out of the park? I, I, now some of you are saying, I do, and that's great. And I, and I praise God for that. And, and, and I want you to just listen in, and you can maybe help me afterwards and give me any ideas that you have on this. But for a lot of us, we're not necessarily sure that we could just nail it, right? There's just a little bit of a sense of, I'd be really nervous. So what I want to do is talk about what do we say at that moment? How can we be prepared to give an answer? How can we always be ready to give an answer about our hope in Jesus Christ? In order to, to kind of help us do that, I want to do two things. First of all, I want to look at what is the basic message of Christianity, okay? Make sure they got that straight. What is the basic message of Christianity? And then we're going to look at, all right, how do we communicate that? How do we communicate that? And I'll give you five different ways, five different options of how you can do that and, and so on. What is the basic message of Christianity? There are four things. Four things that I, I think every one of us needs to know, and you hear them, Steve actually mentioned again uh, today up here, but, but creation, fall, redemption, restoration, okay? I want to just kind of say, when I talk about what is Christianity, first thing I want to say is God created everything good. God created everything. That, that's the first thing that a Christian holds on to is that God created. Now, here right now, we already got some conflict perhaps with somebody who says, there, there is no God, or, or I think all of is that it's not important to me exactly how God created it or even when God created it. What's important is that God created it, okay? This is not just some accident. So don't go down bunny trails. Don't get caught up in... in now, if the person wants to talk about that, you can do that. But, but the, the, part of what you want to say is, you know, if there is a God and he created all this, how he did it, let's, let's see if we can get beyond that, okay? Let's not get stuck there. But let me just say, if, if that's true, give me, just give me that for a couple of minutes. I mean, that's, I, you know, I think everything, and it turned out good. And then the bad news is we are sinners, and our sin separates us from God, and it breaks everything, okay? The, the, God is creation and then fall, that, that somehow, and again, one of the things I'm saying constantly whenever I'm talking to a non-Christian, you know what some of the words I'm saying most often are? I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay? Sometimes we act so sure about everything. And the fact of the matter is, if somebody says to me, hold on, that's not fair. How, how Adam sinned, I know that's what the Bible says, and everything broke. Why am I responsible for that? Say, so, you know what? I don't know how it all works. I really don't. But I know somehow, somehow we were all there. Somehow it was all of us that when Adam sinned, we all made the same choice. And, and, and we're all in the same boat. And, and the reason everything is wrong the reason everything is wrong is because we said to God, we want to do it our way, all right? That's at the heart of the Christian message, that we said to God. And, and again, everybody has to have a, a, an understanding of what's wrong with the world, okay? It's a good thing to think about and maybe to challenge somebody with, but everybody, very few people would say everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be, right? Most people are going to say, yeah, things aren't right. People are hurting each other. There's rape, there's abuse, there's wars, there's all this hunger. There's, it's not the way it's supposed to be. One of the questions is, well, then what's your theory of what's wrong? And some people will say, well, we just haven't evolved beyond that. Or we're just, we're, we're just evolution says that all we do is attack each other. And the, the, it's the, the, you know, it's, it's the survival of the fittest. So that's 
that's what it is. Interesting Christian science, and there aren't that many Christian scientists around here. But their answer to the question is, actually, there is nothing wrong with this world. It's just that you think there is. Um, that doesn't kind of float real well with me, but, that's, but everybody has to have a theory about what's wrong with the world. And so mine is, is that we rebelled against God, okay? So there's this creation, then the fall, that we rebelled against God and everything is broken. And the third thing is the key, all right? This is the center of Christian, Christianity. This is the message of the Christian faith, and that is that God made a way to overcome that separation and, and, and that brokenness to fix everything through the death and the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, okay? That's what the Christian gospel is. It is that Jesus Christ makes all things new. It is that Jesus Christ restores relationships, and it is centered on Jesus. One of the things I, I constantly want to do when I'm talking to somebody who's not a Christian is to say, you know what? The question you have to ask is not whether I'm a good Christian. The question you have to ask is, what are you going to do with Jesus, Okay. Because at the center of the uh, good news of, of the gospel, at the center of Christianity is this announcement that there is hope through Jesus Christ, that through his death and resurrection, everything can be made new, all right? And so it's all about Jesus. That's the declaration. Christianity is not first kind of a way to live. It, it does involve that, certainly. But the first is the announcement that when we have lived horribly, God still loves us that Jesus Christ made a way to overcome our separation from God. And then it's the promise. Again, in the songs, it was so clear. One day God will make everything new. One day God is going to make everything good again. So those four things, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. And if you can have those four things in place, that's the story, friends. That's the basics of the Christian life. And then the, the word is that by his grace, he, God invites us to new life. That's, that's what Christianity is. God invites us to live in his kingdom. God invites us to be a part of what he is doing. He invites us to be a part of, of restoration, of renewing all things, and to live in that, all right? So that's the basics of the Christian faith, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. And, and again, we're going to keep coming out those over and over again for the rest of my life, at least. And, and that's, that's who we are. Now, how do we communicate that, all right? How do I say that to somebody else? How, how, if I'm in that situation, if somebody asks me, what am I specifically going to say? Again, it's going to depend somewhat on me. It's going to depend on who I'm talking with and so on. But the first thing I need to say, and this is really, really important, the first thing we need to say is that God's word teaches us that whatever answer we give, it must come with gentleness and respect. And that is so important. There is very little gentleness and respect in our world today. There is very little respect for others. But look at what, what Peter says, all right? First Peter 3.15, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And then the end of 15 and into 16, this is what it says. But do this with gentleness and respect. Do this, share the gospel with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. We are to called to witness with gentleness and respect. And I think part of what that means is that we don't, that we don't talk to people and tell them what they believe is stupid. It's stupid to think that this is all just an accident. That's ridiculous. Do you know what the odds against that? Sorry, that's not gentleness and respect. It, it, it's, it's, not, it's not respecting to tell somebody, stupid to believe in incarnation, reincarnation, right? Are you crazy? I mean, right, you used to be a cow. Wow, great. Or the best thing you can do is become a cow. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Friends, that's not gentleness and respect. 
it, 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 I think it's, it's, it's recognizing that every person you talk to is created in God's image. Every person you talk to has, has a God-shaped void and is, and is ultimately seeking God. And, 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 and what I want to recognize is, is I want to respect that and honor that and, and say, you know what, but I, I think God wants you to experience something more, okay? But I, I you know, and, and I, I think we as Christians need to re- remember this over and over again. We are called to share the gospel with gentleness and respect. Again, part of the reason I can do this, and, and, and I believe in this, is, is remember what I said about praying? I can't change hearts. I, I can't change your mind. I can't change your heart. So I can just be gentle and respectful and say, God, through the Holy Spirit, will you open up what you want to open up? I want to put the truth out because I can't do that. All right, so we speak with gentle in this one, but just share the Christian basics. I mean, when you're driving around this week, see if you can do that. I mean, and, and, and see if you can in two minutes say, you know what, it's like this. God created everything good, okay? Here's, here's what I believe. God created everything good, and then somehow we all sinned. I know it was Adam and Eve, and I don't understand how it worked, but somehow we all said to God, God, we want to be in charge. And when we said that, it broke everything, okay? It built separation between us and God, and it broke everything. But God made a way. God came to us through Jesus, and in his death and resurrection, he paid the price for our sins, and he beat the power of death, and one day it's all going to be good, friends. And, and I happen to believe that it's just through Jesus Christ that we can find that new life. Boom. I mean, can you... Now, again, I get paid, right? So I, I'm not... I, I want to be... But, but I, I would love it if each and every one of us were able to, in 60 seconds or in 90 seconds, I don't know how long that was, But, you know, I mean, in 90 seconds, in 120 seconds, to be able to say, here's the basics of what I believe. And if you can do that, creation, fall, redemption, redemption, restoration, however you want to remember it. But if you can do that, just share the Christian basics. Second, um, and and this was one I want to spend a little more time on, because I think this is probably one of the most important ones. And 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 it's, I think, important, at least for me, because it's not my sort of first response. But I think it needs to be. When somebody wants to ask us about our Christian faith, is we need to share how trusting in Jesus has impacted us. I want you to just think about that right now. And I want to just, here you go, answer this question in your head, not out loud. What's, what's the biggest difference Jesus makes for you? Think about, I mean, is it easy? What's the biggest difference Jesus makes to you emotionally? What, what does he do? Because I think so often, it's not a matter, what, what communicates to people is when they see our hearts. What communicates to people, what, where the gospel translates is when somebody understands what difference this makes to me. Let me give you some examples. The first one is probably one of the main ones for me as I think about what difference does Jesus make to me. You know, as I do that, and, as, and you've heard me say things like this, but you know what the fact of the matter is? I've always felt... I've always felt like I never measured up. I always, I did. I always felt like, and I did good in school. I did well in school. I did good in school. Isn't that great? I did well in school. <laughs> I did gooder than you. Um, I did well in school. I, I, but there's always somebody who was smarter. There's always stuff I didn't get. And so, I mean, by the time I was in college, honest to goodness, I was sick every time exams came around because I wasn't going to measure up. I wasn't going to measure up. And, and again, just to let you know how this works, I'm not trying to brag here, but I was like a 3.92 student. 
Okay, I got four A-minuses in four years of college. The rest were straight A's. But every time it came to exams, I was throwing up and sick because I knew I wasn't good enough. Because I knew there was stuff I didn't know. There were people who understood it better. There were people who got it better. And then you multiply that by looking at my life and saying, I'm trying to be a good person. And I can't, and honest to goodness, I tell you, friends, it's when I realized that through Jesus Christ, God loves me even when I fail. That amazing grace... And it was singing the song, Amazing Grace is where Jesus came alive for me. And it's understanding that that, I can sleep, that makes me sleep at night. It's understanding that I'm a 200 hitter, but God loves me. And by God's grace, I might become a 210 hitter, okay? By God's grace. But it makes, that is where it just, I mean, I get goosebumps, honestly, right now talking about it, to understand and to know that even though I'm not smart enough and I'm not as good as I should be, I am still absolutely loved and accepted and forgiven by Jesus Christ. I mean, that's, that's what difference, that is, for me, it is the biggest thing that allows me to just handle the pressures of life. It allows me to sleep. It allows me to know that even when I blow it, it's okay. Because I, I you know, again, for, I, I, if I didn't have Jesus, I don't think I could do that. If I had to prove myself by the size of the church, by the size of my income, by the size of my house, somebody's going to do better. And I don't understand it well enough. And so for me, what difference does Jesus make? It's because I know that even though I don't measure up, God loves me even when I fail. And that is so awesome. And, and that, friends, is what people want to see. That's what God wants you to share. That's why I, I, you know, I, 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 that's why I want you to think about saying, if you can answer that question, what difference? What, 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 why is Jesus so important to me? What is it? For some of us, it might be, you know what, for me, Jesus became real when my grandpa died. Maybe somebody passed away. Maybe you were 12 years old and your grandpa died. Maybe it's, you know, I was 12 years old and I'm sitting there. My mom came in and I love my grandpa. We went fishing every weekend. My mom came in. She said, Grandpa's in heaven. And I realized I had to either believe it or not. And I thought, man, it would be so horrible if he's not, if it's really just done, if he just, I mean. And at that moment, I just thought, God, you're, you're, you're there. You're true. Maybe that's for you, your story. Don't think first rational. Think first emotionally. Maybe for you, that's where you experience God's grace. Maybe it's, you know, saying, we went through just horrible stuff. But I discovered that God held me. I felt like I was in hell. My baby died. My marriage fell apart. I felt like I was in hell. But I realized God was still holding on to me. If you can say that, friends, that's the gospel. That's the good news, and that's a powerful witness. For some of us, maybe it's when I look at the creation around me, I just can't imagine that someone's not behind it. For some of us, we just, it's walking through the woods, okay? And I'm just sitting out there, and I'm just thinking, how can somebody not, there's got to be somebody behind it, and then it's a question of who. But if that's where it is, if that's where Christ impacts you, if it's saying, I just, that's what makes my heart sing, then share that. Share your passion. Share your heart. Share where that comes from. And for some of you, this is not me, but for some of you it is. And I want to encourage you to just share it. And maybe you say it this way. This may sound strange, but I just feel God's presence. I just 
feel it. For some of you, that's what it is. It's just when we worship, I just feel God's presence. I just know he's wrapping his arms around me. I just know that it's real. And that's when it ex- I just experience it. And it gives me peace and it gives me hope and it gives me courage. And it gives me strength. And I know it's okay and whatever. But it's how does it impact you? What difference does it make in your life? I mean, if the answer to that question is, um, well, I, I, it gives me something to do on Sunday mornings, ain't nobody going to come with Christian friends of that. One of the ways to ask this, kind of the opposite side of this, is, is this, how would my life be different if I wasn't a Christian? Well, first I'd lose my job, but you can't all say that. Um, but what, what, how would your life be different? Would it be different? What would be different about it? What would you miss? What, what, if you think about that question, that might lead you to where your heart is on fire, okay? To where you experience God's grace. You know, and again, again, and, and if you say, well, what would be different is I'd have my Sunday mornings free and I'd have to give less money to the church. And friends, that's the, the gospel. What I would miss is a sense of hope. For me, one of the big ones is purpose. I mean, it's, it's purpose. What, is there any purpose? My, my, one of my atheist friends answers the question and says, no. No purpose. Just see if, how long our seed can last. He said, me and a fish, no difference. I can't live with that. I can't live with that. There's got to be something more. There's got to be something more. So where is that? All right. Share how trusting Jesus has impacted you. Think about that question. I think it'd be great. I, I think it would be great to have that lunchtime conversation. Moms and dads, kids, make your moms and dads say, where is it, mom? What is it, dad? Where does it, what, what is the thing that means the most? Where do you experience God's presence most? Great thing for us to share together, all right? So you can share the Christian basics. Second, you can share how trusting Jesus has impacted us. Third option, and, and it's a pretty good one, sharing from the Bible. Uh, this is God's word. We really believe that here, that God's word can change lives. And so one of the things that I would encourage you all to do is to be able to maybe just say, all right, I know where to go in the book, okay? I know where to go in the book. One possibility is John three sixteen. Um, that There's a reason that that's a familiar passage. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him may not die but have eternal life, okay? Good place to go. I want to give you uh, what's called the Romans Road. Some of you are familiar with this. But one book of the Bible, the book of Romans, three passages, okay? And, and so um, first one is, is Romans 3.23, okay? Romans 3.23, and what it says there is all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's pretty easy to get everybody to agree to that one. Nobody really, I, I, I haven't met anybody who really claims to be perfect, Okay? Most of us will admit, most non-Christians as well, will say, no, I'm not perfect. I make my percent. Romans 3.23. The next one, Romans 6.23. Okay, so that's good, right? 3.23 to 6.23. And this is where the kicker comes in. The wages of sin is death. That's where you're going to get a challenge, okay? Because <laughs> you're going to have people saying, I don't deserve to die. I'm not perfect, but I'm not so bad that I deserve to die. Again, you don't have to convince them of that. The Holy Spirit will just say, but you know what? The fact is, this is what the Bible teaches. This is what God's word says. And I I think it's true that the wages of sin is death, that when we chose against God, ultimately that will lead to death. And then the rest of that verse says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, okay? 
The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so that's the deal. That's the truth. That's the gospel. So Romans 3, 23, 6, 23, and I wish it was 9, 23. That would have been so much easier to remember. It's 10, 13 is where I'd go third. For all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. For all who call. And so in three passages... 323, 623, 1013. At least we got the three on the end, right? So 323, 623, 1013. If I have those in my head, I can present somebody with a Bible, with the gospel laid out just very easily. And, and about as clear as it can be, those passages. So, so share from the Bible, all right? And use God's word, okay? So there's that one. And then and fourth, um, use an illustration. A picture is worth a thousand words. Um, some of these you've probably seen before. None of them are perfect, but it's, get, it's helpful again. The first one I want to share, I got three of them I want to share. The bridge, okay? Some of you are familiar with this. And, and I always do this in two stages, um, just because I think starting with creation is good. But you draw a, piece, a, a line like that, and then you say, okay, let's say that we're here and, and can draw a stick figure. I... I lose a lot of weight in a stick figure, so I appreciate that. I like stick figures. So we're there, and then we draw another line like this, and God is on the other side there, right? And, and there's a difference between us and God, but the amazing thing is that God created us to be in relationship with him, and he invites us. That's what God intended for us, to just laugh with him and talk with him and do life with God. All right, that was God's intent. But here's the problem. We sinned, all right? We said, God, we want to do it our way, and because of that, we are now separated from God. And you can take the time, but you draw now this, and it's, and it's separation, and it's no longer the way it's supposed to be. And, and the problem is we have that desire to be with God, but when we walk to be with God, oh, no, Mr. Bill, we fall down into death, all right? We just, I mean, that's just, and, and, and the fact of the matter is we can't get over that on our own. We can't jump far enough. We can't build a bridge. We cannot do that on our own. And, and again, on the one hand, you can say this is really too simple, but, but this is the basics. And so God acted. God did what he could do. He sent his son to die on the cross, and that cross is there to be a bridge. And now through Jesus Christ, I can walk and be with God once again. And so that's the, again, it's fairly simple. And again, there are questions you can say, well, but it doesn't really, but you know what? It's basic. And, and in three minutes, five minutes, you can share this. You can draw this out, and you can say, this is what God invites you to. There's no other way that I believe that you can find um, to try to cross that, that gap. All right, so that's one. Uh, an, another illustration, what, what do or done, and this is one, again, you might be familiar with. Um, I, this one, I, I really like this one. Um, it helps me kind of understand the basics. You can write it out or you can just do it verbally. Here's, here's what you do with this one is, is to recognize and say, you know what, when I think about Christianity, somebody says, tell me about being a Christian. Let me tell you this way of thinking about it. All right, when I think about being a Christian, one of the things I think about is the difference between do and done because what makes Christianity unique is this difference. See, every other religion in the world is about what we do, okay? Every other religion is about what we do. Islam has its five pillars. You've got to do these things right. Reincarnation, you know, and, 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 and so on. It says, you know, if I do well enough, then I can come back, uh, you know, as a butterfly. And then I can come back as a hawk or something. And ultimately, I can get to be a cow. Um, so that's, see, there I go. That's not respectful. I'm, I'm really, I, see, that's what we've got to watch out for. It's hard not to do that. So, but, you know, I mean, reincarnation says I've got to do this, and then I come back, and so on. But the fact is, I will never do enough. I will never do enough. And what Christianity is not about what you have to do. It's about what Jesus Christ has done. At the heart of Christianity is the announcement that Jesus Christ has paid the price for your sin and he has conquered death. 
And so the question is, do you want to live in the what you do or do you want to live in the done? Do you want to accept that gift from Jesus Christ? Very simple, very basic, but I think it works. With our day and age, with, with the internet and so on, I want to show you a three-minute little video clip. This is from 321.org, and here's a way to, to look at this as well. What do you make of Jesus? He spoke as the king of heaven, but served like the lowest slave. He claimed to be the hope of the world, yet gave up his life on the cross. Have you ever wondered how Jesus saw the big issues, God, the world, and you? Here's life according to Jesus in 3, 2, 1. 3. God is a loving union of three. I don't know how you picture God, but according to the Bible, Jesus is our picture of God. He's called the image of God, the word of God, the exact representation of God. To know God, we should look at him. And what do we see? A loving union of three. Here's one picture of it from Matthew chapter 3. Jesus was standing one day in the Jordan River. The Holy Spirit hovered over him like a dove, and the Father called from heaven, You are my Son who I love, with you I am well pleased. According to the Bible, this family of love predated and produced the world. And there's good news. The Son of God has come to invite us in. 2. The world is shaped by two representatives. The Bible begins with the story of Adam. Adam is a name that means humanity. He's a representative. In the beginning, he turned from God, turned in on himself, and plunged the world down into death and curse. This is the life we know, the life of selfishness and death. Jesus, though, is the second Adam. Where Adam and all of us fail, the Son of God took charge. He lived the life that we should live, then on the cross, he died the death that we should die. On Easter Sunday, he rose again to new life. And this life is ours if we are one with him. One. You are one with Adam. Be one with Jesus. We're all a part of the selfishness of Adam, and we all feel the curse of his broken world. But Jesus offers us new life. If we trust in Jesus, we become one with him. We can give him our selfishness and sin, and he deals with it on the cross. In return, he gives us himself forever. Connected to him, we enter the family of God, and now, together, we can know his Father as our Father, his Spirit as our Spirit, and his future as our future. You see, Jesus will come again to raise up this world the way he was raised, to eternal life and peace. On that day, God will judge the world, confirming his no to Adam and his yes to Jesus. That's life according to Jesus. What's our response? Right now, the Son of God offers you life, hope, forgiveness, and eternal love in the family of God. Call out to him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Yeah, that's the, uh, the website. I, I actually have this on my phone just as one of my tabs that I can go to if I want to just say to somebody, here's, here's the story, kind of in a, in a cool way. And one of the key advantages of this is that anybody with a British accent gets like 10,000 points 
and they are so much more like God. I mean, God has a British accent. I am convinced of it. And so it just, I love that. No, and it's to me, again, even just watching that is to say, that's so amazing. God is so good. That's the story, friends. All right. So that's the fourth thing. Use an illustration. Fifth, invite. We're almost done. I'm going to do this. But, you know, you do the 60-second thing, and then invite him to others who can explore with you. You know, I mean, Daniel runs God questions to, to say, come on and explore this with us. Invite to that. Invite to a worship service. Our worship services are aimed at believers, but we hope that they're a place that somebody who's kind of checking it out can feel safe, all right? Invite them here. Invite them to meet some other people. Invite them to a group. Invite them to Women in the Word or invite them to Moms Connect or invite them to the Bible study group or to your care circle. But get them connected with other people where they can explore some of these questions. Take them to a Christian concert. Take them someplace. But, but go ahead and, and use some of those other resources, all right? So those five things. Almost done here, all right? Let's wrap it up. Share the Christian basics. You can do that. You can just share how trusting Jesus has impacted me. This is what difference he's made in my life. Share from the Bible, Romans 3, 23, 6, 23, 10, 13. Use an illustration. The bridge, do, done, share that. Invite somebody to something, any of those things. Those are the things that I kind of have in my back pocket ready to go if somebody talks to me about being a Christian. So, again, overall, pray. We pray for these people. We live a weird and wonderful life. We, we, we practice hospitality, and then we're prepared. At, at its heart, I think evangelism, for me, begins and ends with really one truthful fact about my life, and that is that in Jesus Christ there is forgiveness, and there is peace, and there is hope, and there is life. And if I don't believe that, I'm not going to be a good evangelist. But if I believe, and I do, and this is so cool, I got the, so I say I've got the best job in the world because I get to talk about Jesus. And he makes such a difference in all of our lives. Uh, it's such an amazing... If I care deeply, if I really believe with all my heart that Jesus makes all the difference in the world, somehow that's going to get across. And we can share the good news. So let's do that. Let's pray together. Father, in some ways we're so familiar with the story that it can become yada, yada, yada to us. Yep, Jesus died, saved us from our sin, da, 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 da. Father, just capture our hearts once again. Capture our hearts with the amazing truth that we were dead but are now alive to you in Christ. Capture our hearts once again that you sent Jesus to die our death, to live our lives, to rise again. And Father, you invited us to come into a life that matters, into a life of fullness. Capture our hearts again, Father, so that we can share those hearts with others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you please stand to receive God's parting word of blessing? Again, following our service, if you want to talk with somebody or pray with somebody, there will be some folks in the prayer room to that side of the auditorium. People of God, as you go from this place, know this, that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ goes with us. Amen.